This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about Thai salads. Again. Thai salads. Two. Thai salads two. When was Thai salads one? Uh, Thai salads one was in 2011. Oh my God. <laughs> there are just times when you're, when I'm reminded of exactly how old this show is. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're getting up on our hundredth year, right? What are we going to do are. for our centennial? Well, you know, my knee and I just marked our centennial. Um, my knee recently reminded me how old I am. Can I tell oh, sure. you about my boring orthopedic issues? Oh yeah. Are you, are you going to get it replaced? Well, no, I had like random, just like a swollen knee. Sure. That sounds like, like a thing a, that would happen to like a, a grown person. swollen knee, but with no pain and no injury. And I think I had some sort of a viral infection in my knee. Are you sure you're not just getting swole? <laughs> I am starting to get ripped for summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's so important. We yeah. all are. Yeah. Anyway, um, my knee just decided to remind me that I'm that I'm, you know, officially middle aged, but it it has subsided now. I'm happy. Oh, to that's report. good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you get it looked at? I did. Our longtime family doctor is a good friend and she happened to come by to meet the baby. And I otherwise would not have been able to get in to see her for a long time. Sure. And she checked out my knee and was like, this is a, a true medical mystery. Did she just for a moment when you said, and while you're here, can you check out my swollen knee? Did she make a face like, oh, <laughs> fuck you. I did feel bad about it because <laughs> literally course, every, t- every time I see her, I'm like, can you just check out my thing? Can you check yeah. out this other thing? I don't anyway. know. Like, I, I imagine probably some some doctors kind of get a kick out of that. Like, I'm sure it's annoying, always annoying sometimes, but. I don't remember anybody doing it with my dad, but I guess Mm -hmm. it's because my dad was a cancer doctor. So you don't really want him to ever have to check you out. You That's know? right. Yeah. Like, do, do not look at this thing I have. <laughs> yeah. Don't I look don't want to know. <laughs> uh, anyway, but so just like the show, my knee is really old. 
Okay. And um, it's my knee is almost ready to do kneecap too. Yeah. One like let's let's just do a tour of like all the things about me that are old. Like we, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I, I had this I had this uh, this conversation recently with the wife of the show Lori, where we uh, you know uh, we always like you know on and off like let each other know like like you know I'll, I'll uh, still think you're you're just as good looking when you're old and wrinkly and like realizing like I'll say wait a minute like we're we're wrinkly in a lot of places now. This is not like a future thing. This is a now thing. <laughs> oh. Uh, have you guys gotten into uh, doing um, a skincare regimen together? That could be romantic. That's a good idea. Like, I, I'm not, I, I, we've talked about this before that, like, I'm not, this is, this is a great episode so far. Right? I love this episode already. Um, people, like, listeners have learned so much about Thai salads. Uh huh. Like, I've never really gotten into a skincare routine of any kind. I do have this, uh, this moisturizing lotion that I use when my skin gets really dry and flaky in winter, which it does sometimes called uh, Neutrogena Hydro Boost. Oh, um, cool. And so I right. make up all these little songs about Hydro Boost. My God, that's delightful. You know, I don't really have a skincare regimen either. I mean, I have a cleanser I've used and a, a drugstore moisturizer I use. Sure. But my skincare secret is the dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's what's her secret? <sighs> the dermatologist. Okay, so um, that was memory lane. <laughs> that was memory lane. So yeah, why are we doing Thai salads again? Let me tell you. It's because friend of the show, Pai Lin, mm-hmm. uh, of the Hot Thai Kitchen YouTube channel, has a new book out called mm-hmm. Sabai, which is not just about Thai salads. It is like a, uh, you know, kind of, you know, weeknight Thai cooking book that covers like the full range of Thai cuisine. But wow, did the salads chapter jump out at us as like, we want to make all of these things. You know, I can testify to this. Matthew has regularly been texting me ever since he got, I think, a galley of Pai Lin's book. Mm-hmm. Matthew has been texting me like made another Thai salad, made another Thai salad. It was great. But he's yeah, not and I haven't brought you any. any of them. No. Like it was a real you can't have any moment. It was terrible. Like you're, you, you've been living our listeners nightmare. <laughs> I have. I have. Uh, so, Matthew, hold on. We should also say that, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have Pai Lin on the show again, actually. We've had oh, her yeah, on this before. is her third time. Because Pai Lin is excellent. And plus, Pai Lin just knows way much, way much more about this. Way much, yeah. Than, than we do. We were young and stupid in 2011, thinking we could do this episode without uh, And now we're like old Pai and Lin. wrinkly with plump lips, but still yes. stupid. <laughs> That's right. And so we've got Pai Lin here to help us. She's going to join us here in a second. Uh, so, Matthew, um, you know, what? what's your uh, your update on Thai salads since 2011 in terms of like memory lane? Oh, I still love them. Yeah. Like I've been I've been I've made four Thai salads since since they sent me Pai Lin's new book, which was not very long ago including I improvised one and I was so proud of myself. Oh, that's fantastic. I will admit that I have not been making many Thai salads lately. You have no excuse. I truly have no excuse, except except that technically, as we're recording this episode, I'm still on parental leave. Yeah. Which means I don't have to make any food I don't want to. <laughs> it also means I'm a terrible uh, boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just I'm hoping that the next time uh, you decide to bring me and my family dinner on the meal train, that you bring me a Thai salad. Okay. So Matthew, what Thai salads did we talk about in 2011? Did we talk about like green papaya salad, green yeah, mango we, we salad? Talked, we probably talked about like like uh, you know a beef salad like a yum nua mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, a som tam green papaya salad and lob 
I'm sure okay, we talked about. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which I think are kind of like the big three Thai salads that you you would have heard of if you've been to a Thai American restaurant or a, a Thai restaurant outside Thailand. As mm-hmm. as we will see, like the uh, the world of Thai salads within Thailand is much much broader than that, as you might expect. Great. And uh, Matthew, how do you find that these salads, at least the ones that you've been making from Pylon's new book, how do they work in terms of like the produce that's available in Seattle in the wintertime? Have you oh, had any yeah. trouble we with should, that? We should for sure talk to talk to Pylon about this because she's she's in Vancouver, B.C., so is oh, okay. uh, has has access to to the same produce as us pretty much. Great. Um, I mean, they work really, really well. Like, you know, I've done, I did like a cabbage salad that she she talks about in the book, how like uh, her, her mom used to make it when she couldn't get green papaya in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fantastic. I made, I, the one that I improvised, it was just like a real like fridge clean out. I had like half an English cucumber. Uh, I had some romaine lettuce and some steak and uh, like made Perfect. one of the dressings from the book and tossed it together and, and made some uh, toasted rice powder and like tossed that all together. I'm going to repeat awesome. this again because I want Pylin to be proud of me for imp- improvising a Thai salad. Okay, great. How about you? Like, you know, are, do you still like Thai salads or have you have you turned on them? Since? Oh, no, I still like Thai salads. <laughs> In fact, each photo you've sent me of your, your Thai salad has made you more and more has, angry. It's made me, made me feel more and more left out and sad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's welcome on Pylin. We are delighted to have once again, friend of the show, Pylin Chong Chidnant, whose new book, Sabai, 100 Simple Thai Recipes for Any Day of the Week, is out March 14th. Pre-order it anywhere you get books right now. Pylin, welcome back to Spilled Milk. Thank you for having me. Always happy to be here. We are delighted. Okay, so we're we're talking, this is actually our second Thai salads episode. We did oh. one back in 2011. We Without don't really- me? I, <laughs> it was I, a grave I, error. Yeah, like I know, like I've been, I've been like doing penance ever since. <laughs> is this book only salad recipes? Why are we talking about Thai salads today? This book is not only salad recipes by a long shot. Uh, it is a- uh, full service uh, kind of weekday Thai cooking book um, that covers all aspects of Thai cuisine. But wow, did I immediately jump on this salad chapter because there's so much good stuff in it. Like I wanted to make every every recipe and I've made three of them so far. Oh, you did. What did you make? So I made the uh, Chinese sausage salad. Oh, I, yeah. That was one recipe that when I wrote that, I was like, no one's going to make this. Well, <laughs> you, got, you are, you have proven me wrong. <laughs> you got one, one weirdo. Okay. Let, let's, okay. We wrote a bunch of questions, but let's, let's just go off script immediately. Like, is, is that a salad that, that people eat in Thailand? Is that something that you invented? No, this is a salad that's very common in Thailand. Okay. Um, it's very basic. And the reason why I said, I didn't think anyone would make it because it just seems so weird, you know, like I didn't think like a non-Thai person coming across that they'd be like, I would like to try that. Um, because it's like Chinese sausage is not something people envision in a salad. Yes, you're right. And so as I mentioned, I think in the head note, this is something we often eat with rice porridge. Okay, Because right. if you've made the salad, you know that it's got lots of strong flavors. It's tart, it's sweet, it's salty, it's chewy. There's so much texture. And so it really needs sort of like a luscious carb dish like plain rice porridge to go with it. And it's a very common breakfast item in Thailand. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I had it with uh, just with jasmine rice mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then had it again for breakfast the next day. And it was great. Matthew, what other salads have you made from the book? 
Okay, I've made the the pounded cabbage slaw, which uh, like I don't even remember what we ate it with because it was so much the main event because it's so good. Oh uh, great! And the warm mama noodle salad that oh, was that was like you a found main dish. Mama, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was making tons of mama jokes. Well, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, no, those are all uh, those are all really great dishes that you picked. Um, have you ever had Thai green papaya salad before? Yes. So did the slaw was that reminiscent of that? Yeah, it really was. Tell us, like, how how do you pronounce like the name of the of the green papaya salad in Thai? The green papaya salad, yeah. is called som tam. Okay. Yeah. So som tam, and the word tam means to pound in a modern pestle. And so we have so many different kinds of thumb and you can make a thumb out of basically anything. But cabbage is a really great one because it's it's widely available and we always need reasons to use up cabbage, don't we all? Right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's crunchy and neutral enough to be such a perfect pairing with this dressing. Yeah. Well, so I want to backtrack a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. What is it that you think of as constituting like what's a Thai salad and is there like a single word for salad in Thai or is this a concept that you know that like we're bringing to to these dishes and lumping them together so there's no word in Thai that would directly translate to salad okay so this idea of tossing ingredients together with a dressing there's no one word for that okay. but we have categories of dishes that would be considered a salad in the Western sense. Okay. Right. But like the the word salad in the West is so open-ended, right? You can make it, you can make anything with any dressing and it's a salad. But if you were to make, put Thai ingredients randomly together and not following any of these sort of existing categories, we would not know what to call it. Right. (laughs) Like there would be no word for that thing (laughs) that you've just made. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So what what are the categories? We, we talked about tam. Yeah. So tam is a category. So it's a pounded salad. It's always made in a modern pestle. And then the, the basic one is yum. So yum, you probably, if you go to a Thai restaurant, there's definitely a yum something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yum is the most generic salad. You can make it out of anything, but the dressing is always fish sauce, lime juice, sugar, and chilies. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's usually protein-centric. We usually make yum with meat or eggs or something like that. And then there is lab, also very popular, which, by the way, I'd like to say it is not larb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, oh, so, I've been guilty of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. And, and it... it it started out with the English speakers with British accents saying oh. lap, and it's fine. Okay. But when Americans start using that same spelling, they pronounce the R, and it becomes larb, which is totally wrong. <laughs> so I've been trying to preach that it's L-A-A-B, so that regardless of what accent you have, you are going to say it correctly. Okay. okay. So lap is another kind of salad that is usually made with ground meat. And it's very specific. The dressing is very specific, but the key ingredient in there is toasted rice powder. Mm -hmm. So you toast up some raw rice until it's nice and brown and then grind it up. And that is like the identity of lab. Okay. Can I tell you about the Franken salad that I improvised (laughs) after after making those three recipes? We had like a bunch of stuff left. So I made a salad with uh, it was kind of the dressing from the from the pounded cabbage slaw, but Uh uh, with hazelnuts instead of peanuts. (laughs) Romaine lettuce, English cucumber, Uh steak, and toasted rice powder. 
That sounds like it would be delicious. Oh, it was incredibly good. Yeah, but it yeah. was sort of it was sort of like a lob yum hybrid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that does sound like it. Is this one of those dishes that like has no word? Yeah, that would be. Okay. <laughs> as soon as, yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I did this. Okay. That's the random salad with no name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. One thing I was wondering is whether whether a Thai salad always involves lime juice or there always. are there some okay always a hundred percent of the time. Sometimes it's lime juice in combination with tamarind, mm-hmm. but it there's never any vinegar as right. one might expect. We don't use vinegar hardly at all in Thai cuisine. Once in a while, we we'll use white vinegar here sure. and there, but generally, no. To what degree do these salads vary regionally? Quite a bit. The yum, the generic type of salad, yum, that's all over the country. We eat, okay. everybody eats that. But lap, for example, is a Northeastern salad. Mm-hmm. So that's where okay. it came from. So Laos, they have their own version of lap as well. They would probably argue that it is originally Laotian. <laughs> sure. um, however, it's spread all over the country now that anywhere you are, you can, you can find a lap. So it's not it had regional origins, mm-hmm. but now most salads are available all over the country. Sure. Okay. Now, you mm-hmm. have a recipe in the book for leftover anything lob, which, yes. uh, like, so I'm wondering, like, how... Hey, that's your Franken salad. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kinda, yeah, it is kind of my Franken salad. So, so yeah, I already did this, apparently. But, like, how do I lob anything I've got? And, like, which, which leftovers really work best? So the concept of um, leftover anything lob came from my realization that lab is consistent with the exception of the protein, mm-hmm. right? Whatever kind of lab you make, it's the same ingredients. It's fish sauce, lime juice, chilies, toasted rice powder, and a bunch of herbs. And people make lab with all sorts of things. And I wonder, well, what if I make lab with leftover things? Yeah. And it turns out it works incredibly well, especially like bland roasted things like rotisserie chicken, like the inside of a rotisserie chicken that doesn't have any flavor Yep. um, or like leftover bits of roast beef or steak or whatever happens to be. And it's stale. And if you reheat, it's definitely overcooked. Now that gets shredded up and the strong flavors of a lap dressing will like make you forget about whatever flaws it would have had. So I feel like the the thing that makes it a lob one of the things that makes it a lob dressing like in addition to the uh, rice powder is like it it doesn't have sugar no right like so no. so like many many Thai salad dressings have like like palm sugar pounded in but lob yes. does not yeah and that's definitely a sign that it is a northeastern salad because in the northeast they don't eat food with much sugar okay and so lab doesn't have a lot of sugar which also makes it important to to make sure that you have enough toasted rice powder in there mm. to sort of mellow out the acid and the fish sauce. If you don't have enough, it'll it'll be very sharp. It'll be too sharp sure. almost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some people like to add a little bit of sugar just because like, you know. It's just because sugar is good. Just because sugar is good. And it does help balance out all those sharp edges so you don't have to worry so much about getting everything right. But it's, you know, theoretically wrong if food can be wrong. Um, But I try not to because, you know what, we add sugar to almost everything. So why not just skip this for once? I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the book sort of as a whole, because, you know, we're just focused on salads today, but the book is so much more than that. So will you talk a little bit more about the concept behind this book and maybe what you're most proud of in terms of the recipes in it? Yeah. So the title is Sabai, which is my favorite Thai word. It's like if you go to Thailand, 
you'll hear people say it. It's the idea of being at ease and、mm-hmm. relaxed and carefree, and you can refer to your body being sabai, your mind being sabai, your just everything is sabai sabai. <laughs> I hope to experience this feeling someday. <laughs> 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 When you retire and yeah, move to Thailand, you will、exactly. feel sabai sabai. So my first book, when I wrote that, it was a little bit hardcore. I was like, I had all this knowledge I wanted to share. I wanted to like make it like textbooky about Thai food. And I included all these recipes that use all sorts of weird ingredients, but I didn't care because it was all about like establishing what Thai food is all about. And then. I became a mom, and then suddenly, <laughs> I had never appreciated the value of just simple, quick recipes that are just hard to screw up. Yeah, you know.、Mm-hmm. And so when I when I was thinking about a second book, I was like, you know what? I don't have that for people. It's not like if you go onto my website, it's not clear which recipe is. Simple and straightforward. You kind of have to go through them and look. I wanted like a book where you grab this off the shelf. Everything in there is going to be pretty simple to do. Yeah. So I wanted like a resource for people to to be able to turn to on a weeknight, and that's sort of the idea behind Sabai. Or even if you have a new baby in the house. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That that's definitely like I found like you know that all of the recipes that I've made from the book so far were just like so easy to jump into because I make you know we we had you on to talk pad Thai、uh, mm-hmm. years ago and、uh, like I still make that recipe all the time and is one of my favorite things to make. But it's a bit of a production. It's a bit of a production, and you know, it's interesting. I I did include a pad Thai in this book as well because I、yeah. feel like because I feel like I had to. <laughs> yeah. But it was um what I call minimalist pad Thai. It's like I'm taking out everything that I don't think is necessary, but this is what's left. So if you want to make a pad Thai that's still good, but like as fuss free as possible, this is it. Like it, taking out any more, it's gonna start to mess with it. I'm, I'm imagining you visualizing like this this like white person trying to return the book at Barnes and Noble, saying, "There's no pad Thai recipe in this Thai cookbook." <laughs> You know what? That is definitely something I think、yeah. about. And it would happen. You're right. Yeah. Or like no green curry. Right.、And、they'd be like,、mm-hmm. "What kind of a Thai cookbook is this?"、Um, so I made that, that warm, warm mama noodle salad.、Mm-hmm. It was great. It's like it's like a yamunsen, but uh, but、yes. with uh, like you know instant ramen noodles instead、mm-hmm. of、uh, glass noodles. In the headnote, you say like it is so important to get the actual Thai mama brand noodles. Like what、yeah. what is special about these noodles? The flavor and the texture is not like any other brand of instant ramen、mm-hmm. noodles. So if you substitute, it's a completely different dish. And the problem is, I think mama noodles are the noodles themselves have quite a bit of seasoning in them,、mm-hmm. so、oh, they're not bland、yeah. in enough themselves. So if you substitute it with another brand that doesn't season their noodles to the same extent, the salad is going to end up being a little bit not as flavorful as it's supposed to be. That is my main concern with this. Is why I, I thought it was so important. Is it's the seasoning level that's in the noodles. Yep.、Mm. They had. And you can eat mama raw. You can like crush it up and just eat it like snack. They're that good. I mean, you can you can do that with any ramen <laughs> instant ramen noodles. Technically, <laughs> ask、Some、me how I know. Ta- <laughs> Some of them won't taste as good. True. <laughs> Matthew, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Did you have any trouble finding those noodles here in Seattle? I got them just at the Safeway down the street from me. Oh my god! Okay, perfect. You know, in the in the Asian foods aisle. Okay, in、Great. the international. Right, 
exactly. Yes, yeah. which is which is also <laughs> the the Hispanic foods aisle. Yeah, yeah Mama is is surprisingly available. Even at non-Asian stores. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I was pleased. Like, they have a really good selection of instant noodles at Safeway. Like, they have the mama, they have, like, the Korean, like, shin spicy, shin gourmet, gourmet spicy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Pailin, is there anything else you would like to plug here on Spilled Milk today? Aside from my book, my YouTube channel. Of course. If, mm. you, <laughs> if you want to watch... Thai food being made rather than read about Thai food being made. You can go to my YouTube channel. It's Pylin's Kitchen or my website, hotthaikitchen.com. That's where all the recipes are as well. Terrific. Pylin, thanks so much for being on the show again. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So I think we kind of covered it, Thai salad wise. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we should move on to spilled mail. All right. I've got two pieces of spilled mail here. We want to each read one of them. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'll begin. Here we have an update from listener Susan who referred to perfectly prepared eggs uh, as pea night or for yeah, pea we night. We asked if you had a themed, themed dinner nights. Oh, and then there and, was perfectly said, prepared eggs. Yeah. They said they had pea night, which was like dishes starting with pea. <laughs> I love this. Okay, Susan says, thanks for the shout out on the show. I played it for the girls and they were impressed that they are now famous, having been mentioned on a podcast. Ah, you are famous. Hi, girls. To answer the question, perfectly prepared eggs were usually scrambled and very soft. Add-ins might include pizza sauce or salsa, but usually they were plain. I love that. I think salsa and eggs sounds sounds great to me, and I, I've done that. The idea of putting pizza sauce in eggs seems so wild. I remember once I I feel like I saw in some cookbook or something that like I could poach eggs in like marinara sauce or something and okay. like eat it over garlic bread or whatever. 
But I just, the, the sauce that I used was my regular tomato sauce, which I like to be quite bright. And it was weird. Like you couldn't yeah. even like taste the poached eggs. So I, I'm curious about putting tomato sauce or pizza sauce in the eggs. I don't know how, I, I don't know. Can't yeah, I mean, it. I probably will try it. I, these are things I always have on hand. Well, excellent. Um, listener Susan. Oh, also, I have to say that I really like that the eggs are uh, scrambled soft. Yeah, me too. I like that a lot. All right. Thank you, listener Susan. Now, listener Andrea writes, listener since the beginning, fried eggs? I was recently in Vietnam and ate lot. I can't believe someone's been listening to our show since episode one. Can you? Bless you, listener Andrea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was recently in Vietnam and ate lots of amazing regional food. However, one evening we were in a craft beer pub and ordered pizza for a change. It was so piping hot that on my first bite, I burned my lip on a hot piece of ham, which because of the melted cheese <gasps> adhered for a horrible oh, moment God. before I shrieked and knocked it off. The hot ham injury looked like a cold sore and was pretty painful. The pizza was very good. I wonder if you've ever received an incongruous food-related injury. Thank you for the joyful podcast and Happy New Year to you both, Andrea. Oh, my God. Andrea, first of all, my condolences. That sounds yeah. so painful. Oh, my God. The ham adhering to your lip for a minute? Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, Woo. yeah. Okay, Molly, do you have do you have any food-related injuries of note? I have two. <laughs> I don't think I have any of note, um, but I will say, and I think I've said this on the show before, but it bears restating, which is that I find myself so disproportionately bummed out when I burn my tongue on something. Oh, yeah, me too. I feel like, well, there goes my life for two days. Exactly. Great. Yep. Like now I'm not going to be able to enjoy anything. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's more of a congruous food-related injury, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, I've never like burned burned myself on hot ham pizza in, in Vietnam, for yeah, instance. Yeah, no, I mean, one, one of mine, like just, I'm, I'm just mentioning because it happened the other day and because I'm an idiot, like I decided that it would be a good idea to like pour, even though I have like no depth perception, to hold a mug in one a one hand and pour boiling water from the tea <gasps> kettle with the other hand and just poured boiling water all over my hand. Oh, no. Luckily, it, it, it was a first degree burn. So not too bad. It did peel off after a couple of days and was very itchy and gross. So, but I survived that. Did you drop the cup? I dropped everything. So, so the the best part of the story is that um, wife of the show, Lori, does uh, does phone tech support is her job, <laughs> um, and she was on a call with a customer when in the background I like poured boiling water on my head and screamed fuck and uh, <laughs> and like threw everything <laughs> and and she and she said uh, very calmly to the customer, "We just have a small problem over here." Oh my God, <laughs> Watzel, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was fine. Now, like I have a, a rule to myself that I will try and keep, which is put the mug down before pouring the water. Um, but the one that I wanted to mention that listener listener Andrea made me think of, which I'm sure I've told on the show before, but not recently, is that once when I was a kid, probably like. 12 i was making popcorn in the air popper oh remember how heard about this. yeah remember how everyone had an air popper in the 80s uh -huh. okay. so yep. so this was the 80s and i was popping popcorn in the air popper and i couldn't find the little plastic butter dish that goes on the top and i was like well i don't want melted butter on my popcorn anyway that's probably not important so i'll, I'll just leave it off and <laughs> the problem is when when popcorn gets hot it tends to pop so deadly hot unpopped kernels started flying out of the top of the uh, of the air popper and one of them landed between my bare toes 
I'm still trying to figure out, like, were you just like standing around with your toes splayed? I was, I I mean, yes, as we all do. I was walking away from the air popper, like to get a glass of water or something. And (laughs) and, like for your life, this evil colonel, like, like I didn't even know there was going to be a problem yet. This colonel like, like flew out halfway across the kitchen and landed between my toes. It hurt so much. And I got the most ridiculous, like U shaped blister between my toes. It was, it was, I'm glad, I'm glad I can laugh about it now because it didn't seem funny at the time. When you told this story on a different episode, I'm yeah, trying to remember five other episodes. I'm trying to remember if I told the story about the time I stepped on a dead, shriveled caterpillar in our kitchen. In your oh, so my spouse, my spouse has a lot of empathy for living things, and you do okay? not. Well, but so Ash and June were like this was like three three years ago maybe Ash and June were like doing something outside in the springtime and they found a caterpillar and they decided that like he needed to be brought inside oh boy for like monitoring or something and so they put him in like in <laughs> monitoring a- did they put like a little <laughs> A little they like decided, pulse mod- they, decided, they decided what he needed was human intervention. Sure, of course. And so they put him in an aluminum mixing bowl with some like dirt and some leaves and stuff like that. And then like a couple days later, he went missing. Sure. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we all just figured he was like buried under the soil or something. But I was in the kitchen early one morning. Oh, boy. And stepped and felt something. And I mentioned this because it was between my toes. Like, I didn't squish him. Like, he literally went in, like, the crevice oh. between my toes and where my toes attached. But he was already expired at that he point. He was expired. And he had the consistency of, like, a shriveling water balloon. Oh, God. And I screamed so loud. Oh, yeah. And then I was angry, too. So once yeah. I was done with my regular, like, scream of surprise, <laughs> then I threw in, like, a scream of anger. Who, like, with my arms, like, like, straight at my sides. Uh-huh. I was like, what were you thinking? Like, <laughs> God. Ah. Anyway, we still talk about my, like, my added, like, angry scream. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Recently, like, actually, y- literally yesterday, um, I had, like, a minor moral quandary because wife of the show, Lori, said, uh, you know, I feel bad for our apartment manager uh, because she's been on vacation. And when she gets back, she's going to have to deal with the fact that there is a huge dead rat in the middle of the parking garage. And I, for just a second, I was like, I could be like the local hero who deals with this dead rat problem before the manager gets back. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to get credit for it because no one will know I did it. (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. Uh, Matthew, we I think one morning in the last year, I got a text from my mom like early first thing. I don't know what my mom had been out doing, but she lives a block from us and she had driven past our house and she saw something on the ground by the mailbox and she came closer and it was a dead cat. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. I know you're a, a cat man. I'm a cat man. Yes. It was a dead cat just like lying peacefully next to the mailbox. Abby, can we put a uh, content warning at the top of this episode, please? (laughs) Seriously. And anyway, my mom was like, I don't want June to like accidentally see it when you leave the house to take them to school. Anyway, so we had to go out and move the cat. Okay, fine. You guilted me into it. I'm going to deal with this fucking dead rat. Yeah, deal with the <laughs> I, dead rat, man. I can't let you be be such... You, I already know you're a better person than me, but like just like maybe like one or two levels. You, I can't let you be like three levels better than me. 
Okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, there we go. I cleared up your moral quandary. Thanks. Um, Matthew, do you have a now but wow? I do. It is from friend of the show, Florentina Liao, a.k.a. Listener Flory, who has uh, her first book is out now. It's called How Kyoto Breaks Your Heart, and it's a memoir slash essay collection of uh, like beautiful essays about life in Japan and friendship. It's like, you know, a lot of the book is about breaking up with a friend. Uh, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there are millions of books about romantic breakups, but very few books about friend breakups, which which can be even more devastating. And like, you know, this book like treats that like in a really like a really real way. But it's also it's about food. It's about persimmon tree. uh, It's about leading guided tours in Japan and about the joy of mediocre coffee in comforting surroundings. Uh, And uh, so that's uh, How Kyoto Breaks Your Heart by Florentina Liao. And the best way to order it is from Book Depository, which has because it's from a small publisher in the UK, but is free shipping worldwide. I highly recommend this book. We'll link to it in the show notes. Oh, congratulations, listener Flory. Yeah. And I guess what, like, by the time you hear this episode, episode, I she mentioned to me, like, I'm having a book event in Meguro, Tokyo, just in case you're going to be in the neighborhood. We're going to be in the neighborhood. Incredible. Yeah, Matthew, by the time you hear this episode, Matthew will be in Tokyo for the first time since the pandemic began. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not jealous at all. That's right. Nope. I am. I'm extremely jealous. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll just have to, like, get the good feeling of being a better person than me, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. That'll okay. last a little longer than a trip to Tokyo anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella, who pretty much every time she edits an episode from us gets that good feeling of being a better person than we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, Molly has a newsletter. Is your newsletter back? My newsletter is back. It was on hiatus uh, for parental leave. And I, I have to say in all honesty that I wish I'd given myself a little more time. Sure. But it's back. Now you can you can make your baby write it. Now I can make my baby write it. Although I have to say that, God, did you ever watch the, uh, when Timothy Chalamet was on Saturday Night Live, the, he did a skit uh, called Tiny Horse. Um, I think you did told you me to watch it? this and I did. Yes. Okay. Well, our baby is an extremely noisy baby and he oh, makes yeah. so many sounds that sound like a tiny horse whinnying. Yeah. I, so I've I, met this baby a couple times and he makes the best baby noises. So I great. can't wait to transcribe his tiny horse sounds and, and uh, use them as a newsletter entry. No, but for real, <laughs> I, uh, I work hard on my newsletter and you can find it at mollyweisenberg.substack.com and uh, it's called I've Got a Feeling. Feeling, it's back. Yep. My uh, the single from my band early to the airport cornerstones is out now on all of the streaming platforms. I think we already like forced you to listen to it by putting it in a previous episode. I am just hearing now that the I think the whole EP six songs will be out in March, which is sooner than I expected. And it probably won't be available by the time you hear this, but soon and I'll, I'll bug you about it again. I'm really proud of how it came out. Oh my gosh, please bug us all. And uh, don't worry, listeners, we will let you know as soon as the whole EP is available. Yes. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can uh, hang out with other people who listen at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. It's just a positive community of people who listen to spilled milk and eat foods. 
thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, where we're um, sad for your hot ham burns. We're, you say we're sad for your hot ham no, burns? No, we're, we're a salve, a salve. Oh, we're a, we're a, oh a salve. How do you say that word? I, I don't know. I always try to say it really fast before s- nobody notices I've done it. I would it. say salve, but I we're don't. A, and, and then a, when it came out of my mouth, yeah. We're <laughs> a salve for all the hot ham burns your ears might ever uh, receive. Yeah. If, you, if you've been if you've been putting hot ham in your ears, you're you're one of our listeners. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg, <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amsterberg. <laughs> So welcome to Thai Salads 2, where we are telling you all our secrets about serums and lip plumping. Oh, wow. Do you do you do something for lip plumping? No. I mean, have you seen these lips? I have my grandfather Eli's lips, and I can barely enunciate around them. They're so big. Because they're, because they're so plump, I, naturally plump? They're, yeah, they're like That's, a bit of a liability. That, that is like the definition of a humble brag right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, but if you look at pictures of my grandfather Eli, like it was not a humble brag for him. That dude's lips were like falling off his face. It, it looked a little <laughs> weird. So um, anyway, no. I don't do any lip plumping. What about you, Matthew? I noticed uh, a little bit of... I don't do any lip plumping. I, I recently uh, did uh, what I call the uh, KN95 compliant beard. Oh. Usually usually I've got like a full beard, but I went back to like Van Dyke so I could fit a mask over it for traveling. Ah, cool. Um, and I think it looks really dumb. <laughs> How much of this do you think Abby is going to allow in the actual episode? I don't, she's probably going to edit it down to like a one 10 second outtake. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> of just you, uh, you talking about like lips falling off your, your grandfather's face. That's uncle. right. Yeah. <laughs> Grandfather. Grandfather. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.